what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Hello and welcome to Brothers in Tech here on the Mesh.tv podcast network. My name is Alan Jackson. I am one of the two brothers in tech that you're going to meet on this show. The other one is my brother, Brian Jackson, on the other side of the video camera here. How are you doing, Brian? Good, Alan. How are you? We were ready to help uh, keep educating some people about well, uh, technology. Yeah, we're, uh, we're, we we have a... it's. It's a good direction to go. Whether or not we're actually going to to be help or or uh, confuse people more, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But uh, well, I, the way I look at it as our time together when we record these, Brian, is that you and I are going to be doing this anyway, like sitting on the <laughs> video camera and talking about technology. We might as well record it, and we might as well let other people hear it. Right. So that's kind right. of the position I take with it. Yeah. Uh, so we set this up, you know, yeah. brothers in tech, to be this idea of a. Uh, kind of a, a brotherhood or sisterhood of those people that get called on to be the default IT person for your family or group of friends. Have you ever gotten that phone call late at night from a, a family member that their internet-based TV is not working and they can't watch something or their email is not working on their phone and they're kind of asking for your help? Well, we're here to serve as a resource and to be that ongoing discussion and uh, education source for you about different home and family technologies. So, yeah. And Alan, I think, you know, email is, email is such an interesting, um, an interesting topic, you know, the more we, the more we get into it is because people, people still believe this, this is something a lot of people are unwilling to touch, right? They're unwilling to mess with their email because, you know, one, they live by it. And two, they often don't understand. Well, maybe they don't know enough about email to realize that they can, tweak the way that they view it or tweak the way that they mm -hmm. deal with it. Um, and that there are some features because I, I think we kind of assume, well, Hey, I have my work email and it's going to be what it is. And I have to spend hours a day doing it. Um, but I think there's some, some really cool strategies out there. Um, and as we're going to talk about today, I think some, some really unique approaches to this communication. And I'm not even going to say approaches to email because I think they're really kind of changing that up a little bit. Approaches to yeah. this electronic communication um, that I think can be uh, kind of exciting for the future. I'm not sure we're there yet. Uh, so this really is kind of future focused uh, where we're mm -hmm. saying this is the thing that hopefully we can work towards. Um, but uh, but I hope if, if nothing else at the end of this series, I'm hoping people will kind of view their emails a little different and say, this is not something that has to be set up in a way that weighs me down and becomes such a, a drag of my time that there are some, yeah, sure. some cool strategies to, to hopefully lower their stress levels a little bit. So, Well, so that's what we're going to do today. Like you just said, we're going to talk about these kind of, uh, we're going to explore three, three in particular kind of unique approaches to email. These are three different either companies or kind of uh, services that have been rolling out relatively recently and uh, are really looking at handling things that we're used to email handling a little differently. And uh, so that's this is continuing on our conversation about email that we've been having for the last few weeks. 
uh, as we just talked about the ins and outs of email. We talked last episode about some features and benefits that can maybe help enhance uh, and solve some problems with more traditional email. But let's now talk about these unique approaches to email type communications. Brian, one of the first ones I think we wanted to talk about is a service called Hey. Yeah. That's not hey, like uh, not like the horses eat. This is hey, like hey, what's up? H e y, right? Yeah. So, <clears throat> so I will, I will say for both of us, neither one of us has had a lot of experience with this because it is incredibly new. And one of the reasons we wanted to bring it up is because it's timely. It is brand new, um, and uh, and there was some. There was actually some drama with this email client too, right? The, I think Apple had kept this email client from going forward on their um, on their App Store uh, because of the way in which they were handling signups and pay subscriptions and all of that. Um, but they did recently let them through, and <clears throat> and now it's something that uh, that people can can try and utilize. Um, I will tell you, it's it's it's. This is a company that's trying to rethink email, even though it still really is email. Okay. This isn't okay. anything completely new. What it is, is they have, I think, wanted to to rebuild maybe a better email client um, and trying to address a lot of the problems that we brought up last episode. You know, things like uh, having too many things in my inbox and wanting to sort the things in my inbox more effectively and see com- communications in a cleaner way. So the the challenge is that Hey is, uh, is not just a client. It is actually a service. So uh, when you sign up for Hey, you actually have to have a Hey email address. So you have to start a new email address with them in order to be able to use this service. So it's not like yeah. I can say, "Hey, I have my I have my Gmail hey. account. I want to read. Hey, hey, I have my <laughs> hey. Gmail account. I want to <laughs> look at Gmail through. Hey, that's not the case. You're actually going to. They want you to start fresh with email uh, with them. So I will say some of the some of the things that they have that are pretty exciting to me um, is the ability to be able to focus your inbox, and they actually call it an inbox. I m b o x um, for important, so it's important box <laughs> rather than. So that wasn't so that wasn't a typo on the no, website. No, yeah. It, okay, uh, I was going to write them out a little right bit. now and tell them you have a typo on your on your website because it says M box, not right. inbox. But and that's, that's a feature. Okay, gotcha. And what they're trying to do, I think, really in a helpful way is each of your emails, you're going to continue to train it, to tell it, nope, I don't want to see emails like this, or I uh, I don't want this one to to be in my important stuff and kind of put it into a non-focused, uh, I want to see notifications on this one, or I don't want to see notifications on this one. So you can try to really train what's coming in. You can dig into um, uh, the, the files that people are sending back and forth in a creative way, rather than having to you know, one of the frustrations I have with email is you send me a file in an email and then we go back and forth with some communications and I have to go back and look at that file. I'm now mm-hmm. scrolling through a thread to try to see where that attachment was. Okay. Whereas they're able to kind of view those files, almost like a, a file folder uh, of the things that have been shared in a way. So, so I think, Hey, is uh, it's, it's, if nothing else, it's showing you that 
people are having a lot of frustrations with email to the point in which they're trying to create brand new ways in which um, that can be built from the ground up. And um, Mm -hmm. so I I was kind of excited about it. I will say the problem with this is that you have to, initially you had to be invited. So it was one of those programs where they were getting out limited, um, limited subscriptions and limited email addresses. Um, So I did request a, uh, uh, a trial and got a trial, tried it out a little bit. Um, but unfortunately realized now that my trial is ended, so I'm not able to pull up and see what's going on, but, um, but it could be something interesting. I, I'm, I think it's something to keep an eye on, you know, that they're, you know, trying to, to, to build this in, in uh, email in a slightly different way. Mm-hmm. So I think that was what we would say is maybe the least disruptive, uh, approach this unique approach is uh, they're well, email, but they're doing it in I mean, a completely different way. Less disruptive, yeah. As far as less disruptive in terms of you know changing the way email works, it's not really dramatically changing email, right? But it is doing it by saying we're going to ha- we're going to kind of force you to start fresh. And I think it's honestly, me as a good concept. If anybody's to a point where they're ready to start fresh, I personally am not. I, I couldn't right. see myself doing that. But if anybody was to start a brand new email and with a brand new email program, having the capability to go in and really train that email service, who, who's allowed to email me, who's not, and if these people write, what happens with their emails, getting that trained from day one is absolutely a nice thing. I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful thing to think about. I just, I, I, I personally can't pull the trigger on moving to a new email address and trying to start fresh with that. Um, but there may be some people out here that are ready to do that. Yeah. And yeah. that's a good, good idea to look at. But I think, you know, the, the reason I get excited about uh, some new apps like this is because it gets me thinking of what are some things I didn't even realize might be beneficial to have when they start to, mm-hmm. to put in some of these features. Uh, for example, I, I noticed one of their features was what's called a, a feed so they take all of the newsletters that come in. And of course, we all get kind of newsletters or maybe advertisements, but specifically newsletters that are giving us information. Maybe you get the Wall Street Journal email every morning and you get a CNET journal every morning. Um, what it does is it kind of creates this new feed. So it's almost like saying, hey, listen, I'm going to deal with my my important stuff. But when I'm ready to read and get you know my my reading time in, I'm going to click over to my feed and then it shows those not just in a list of emails, but almost like you're doing a social media kind of scroll through, you know, Twitter or something where you can say, oh, I want to read that a little bit more. I'm going to keep scrolling down to the Mm -hmm. next newsletter that shows me some interesting things. And oh, by the way, I don't want to see that anymore. So please get rid of that and don't show me those anymore. So it kind of takes this card approach to um, to seeing different information, Uh, very similar to what we receive and uh in newsletters as it is like a little blurb and then you can read more if you want so so i think hayes kind of uh uh, as you said it's it's not really changing email uh but it's suggesting that email might be a time it might be something where people want to really revisit and start fresh and if that's the case that could be a that could be an interesting way to go um so let me alan let me tell you about another one and this is one that i'm I'm really excited about um, because uh, it does change the way that email is viewed quite significantly. So as you know, 
or as we all know, that if we get a, a bunch of emails in, those emails are typically organized by either uh, conversation or they're organized by um, the uh, the date at which they were uh, brought into our inbox or maybe which ones are new or not. So you're typically seeing an inbox based on kind of messages and titles, right? Mm-hmm. So you may see you'll have a, a newsletter followed by an, a le- an email from you followed by an email from, you know, uh, a, 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 a boss and it kind of all listed mm-hmm. in and you can just go through them in terms of the uh, the timing in which they came in. Well, Spike yeah. does this really uh, interesting approach, which is if Alan, if you and I have been communicating back and forth about different things, maybe I sent you an email about the show and I gave you some information uh, that I wanted to see us do in the next show. And you sent me an, e- mm-hmm. uh, an email about a family gathering. And these are totally separate email threads, okay? But right. they're between you and I. Yeah. Well, what Spike does is it says, in, your, in my inbox list is going to be people. So I see your name. I click on Alan. And now I see a chat thread of all the things you and I have been sending to each other back and forth. So I mm. see the information on our upcoming family gathering, followed by the information about the Brothers in Tech show. So I know it was something you and I have been talking about back and forth, but they were coming from different, usually different threads. And um, and so Spike kind of organizes your inbox by people rather than by messages. So when you look at Spike's inbox, uh, uh, assuming you have the people feature turned on, I will say this is also Spike can, you can turn that feature off and just read it like normal inbox if you want. Uh, But the beauty of it is you're clicking in it and you're not seeing this threaded email where I look and see your email and I scroll and see all the, you know, the sent information. And then I see that same email again, later tabbed in because it's, you know, uh, repeating what's in that thread. I'm seeing chat boxes and these look like messages. These look like text messages where what I've written is on the right side and what you've written is on the left side. And I can see our conversation back and forth. And I think it's a really helpful way of of viewing um, uh, emails more like they are text messages and and quick communications. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think Spike's kind of doing a a really kind of uh, transitional approach to email and saying, let's, let's, let's revisit the way that we communicate here and not have to scroll through these lists. Now you may be asking, well, if I email someone that doesn't have spike, is it going to look funky to them? And it, and it doesn't, it's kind of interesting. And the email goes to them and looks exactly like every other email. If I send it from outlook or whatever, it's just when it comes into spike, my client, it views it and organizes it in a different way. And uh, I think it's, it's, well, it's, I mean, it's interesting. Uh, I, I, I've tried it, you know, uh, just because for our conversation, I I got familiar with it to see what it was doing. And I guess it, it it kind of plays a little bit to just a personal preference of how you like to digest this information. Because for me, the chat bubble thing, I'm not a big fan of it. That's not, it it doesn't work for me, but that's just more of a personal thing. It's, It's not saying it's a, bad process for it. So it is different, but I do think it's going to adapt a lot better to people who do find themselves communicating a lot more through chat and liking the chat interface and thinking about things more in terms of a, a message chat. 
then it absolutely works and that's great. So yeah. uh, it's interesting. Yeah. Very, very interesting. Now, does it have any uh, desktop or mobile apps or is it just a web-based service right now? Uh, well, it's not web-based. It's uh, mobile. Yeah. So the mobile um, is... Well, it is. I mean, it can oh, be web-based. Oh, yeah. I'm viewing it web-based myself. I'm, yeah. I'm, no, that's how mobile. I'm looking at it right now. Mobile yeah. is how I use it. Yeah. So okay. It's mobile. There is a mobile app for yeah. it then. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So, and I, and I think again, so much of this is, I think there are a lot of people are going to have your same, your approach to this, which is, oh, this is different. This is not the way I like to deal with things. But I will say, compare the way you view text messages now to the way you view text messages five years ago. You know, yeah. five years ago, I was kind of anti-text anyway. I was like, why are you know this is sloppy? Why do people do this? You know, send me information in a more formalized way. And now you get to the point where this is where everything's going. And I'm not to say that's necessarily a good thing. I think Spike's taking that on and saying, you know, this is the way things have moved. And we do need to try to get it so that when, you know, I mean, give this example. So if I send something to my department and there's maybe eight people on this this chat or on this Mm -hmm. email string, and someone chimes in and then someone else chimes in and someone else chimes in. I've got all these different email threads now that are starting to build up. Whereas mm-hmm. Spike's going to put that, this is the group, you know, my, my department group. I click on the department group and I can see this conversation all the way through. I can scroll back up and look at, you know, where person one chimed in and person two chimed in and they're all in order as opposed to, the, I just, I despise going back and looking at threads. You know, when mm-hmm. I've had everybody kind of chime in and say, please, I need you all to respond to this and tell me your thoughts on this. And now I am looking for the most recent one and then having to scroll through their thread to try to see everyone else's response. Mm-hmm. This now becomes one location, one location for that department thread. And I can look at that conversation all the way to try to determine is that, um, is that something that, uh, uh, someone jumped in at the right time and gave us some information. How does it actually uh, come through? So I think there, there's some, I think there's some good things about this. Um, and as I said, you can easily click the, click the button and, and show everything in a normal inbox. So it's just a yeah. way of viewing it. So if you find that, Oh no, I need to go back and I look, look at things in my, my usual way, um, you can do that very easily. So, I like the way that they've approached it and tried to make um, yeah make it different and maybe make it useful for those who are taking that chat approach and still okay. wanting to come across as a professional email. This podcast is sponsored by Jackson Creative, a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, specializing in online content creation. To learn more, visit thejacksoncreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story. Well, those are both very interesting, Brian. Thank you for sharing those. I, I'm I'm not interested in either personally, but let's just <laughs> let's just say that maybe there are some people out there. This is good. I, I I think if nothing else, I like the approaches that they're trying to take and say how do we change how email works, or at least how we interact with email, if nothing else. But is it okay with you if I bring up kind of the the option or an alternative that really just says, you know what, we're just going to burn email down to the ground 
and start fresh with a whole new approach to how we do communications. Yes, I am happy for you to bring this up, knowing that you are such a traditionalist that there's no way in the world you would actually move to this direction, but whatever. Go go ahead. It's it's tempting, but well, I do think there's some caveats no matter what. Um, So Slack, Slack Mm -hmm. is an app, and I know we've thrown out a lot of words that sound very similar. Uh, Spike and Slack, uh, that seems to be kind of the... Yeah, Spark last week was our uh, one of your recommendations. So um, this one is Slack, and there's you know, uh, very very minor differences in word in the name of the words, but very big differences in how they handle things. Slack is a service that uh, tries to really focus in on team communications and avoid email, if at all possible, between members of a community. So let's say, for example, I have my business and there are five of us in our business, um, five company members. I have a workspace set up in this program for the members of my of my team. And through this, it's like chat messaging, but it goes a lot deeper and it's kind of blurs the line between chat and, and email for a group to where I can. Uh, invite other people to be a part of that work group. I can send them messages. I can send them files. I can send them attachments and images and GIFs and everything else. And I can start conversations with more than one person, or I can focus in a a communication with just one person. And within this, I can also have channels. That's to me, channels are probably the thing that really starts to separate this out a little bit more because otherwise I'm just talking about a glorified text message uh, application. But really where this starts to really be interesting is that I can set up channels and imagine channels almost like different rooms, almost like folders that you organize conversations in. If I want to have a channel for every time we're going to talk about this podcast recording, I can have a channel labeled podcast and anything I want to have happen conversation wise can be in that podcast channel. But if I don't want to be talking about podcasts, I want to be talking about travel that we have to make, then I can have a travel channel and talk about all the travel things that we need to be dealing with uh, for our work. So this idea that, you know, you can have your communications, you can have your direct messages, you can have your broad mass communications, and you can even keep those conversations going on in different channels makes Slack a pretty interesting choice to use for inter-office, inter-group, inter-family communications, whatever it may be. Um, and then what's great too, is you can be a part of multiple communities. Like right now I've got three communities on my Slack account. So if I say, well, I'm going to go work on the Jackson creative, my work one for a little while, I can toggle over to that, spend my time in the work, uh, workplace. But then if I want to hop over to a personal one, that's a, a group that I'm a part of outside of the office, I can flip over to that and have those dialogues all without leaving the app. So, um, Slack is interesting. Um, it is something, you know, I'm using quite a bit. It's not replacing email yet, but it is something that I found myself using email a lot less for dialoguing with my coworkers. We use Slack instead because we can share files. I can keep everything organized. I can search through conversations, all the things I would typically use email for. Um, Slack is free. Uh, I think there are some ways you could pay for certain premium services or capabilities, but for everyday use and the kind of use I'm having with it right now, it is all free. Brian, what's your experience? Have you been been using Slack at all? 
Yeah, I've I've had experience. I've had a couple of uh, channels set up with different um, collaborations that I was doing. <clears throat> I went away from it, uh, not because I didn't like it, because I I found that the people I was working with still kind of migrated back to email as being the way they communicated. So I think the, the hard part with Slack is that you are building your own network of discussion and you have to know who all is going to be in that network. Whereas with email, a lot of times it's really easy just to throw someone else in a thread. Okay. With Slack, it's maybe not as email easy because you're having to then say, Oh, by the way, do you have Slack? Why don't you jump on our channel? Blah, blah, blah. Um, so given that it is totally different, right? This is not email. This is, you know, intergroup communication and, um, and work. But I think it's fantastic. I mean, I think that this is something that companies are starting to do now uh, with more regularity because they don't want you getting overloaded with e- email and junk. They want it to be focused within a particular uh, area and and get rid of all the things that we talked about before, You know, having to scroll through threads. And rather than that, you see directly someone jumping in and where they jumped in. So to me, this is Slack is what Spike is trying to do with your email. Spike's trying to do that in between to say, I want you to view it as if it's a discussion and a real world work or a real time work scenario where you can put files and you can send these different things, uh, but try to do it within the email world. Um, Slack just makes it truly separate, which I think is, um, is can be helpful. I will say one of the frustrations I've had that I see now that I look into Slack again may may have been solving is that you know i think it'd be nice to have slack integrated with email so that mm-hmm. if you've got something working and then you want that also to to then go out to more people or vice versa you've got an email that you then want to bring into slack that you want to work with uh within a group i see now they have the kind of outlook and gmail kind of integrations to where you can add on those apps and so i could be in outlook have an email want to drag that email into Slack to where we can work on the information in that email as a group uh, or work through some different things that, that can be done. Um, but again, I would almost make the argument that if, you're, if your company is not jumping on board, so I'm at a university and it would be like, I mean, it would be the, the end of days to try to get people to go away from email, right? And say, hey, yeah. look, as a university, sure. all decide to use Slack. I think it'd be fantastic, but I think it would be a nightmare for the old timers that have been around forever and um, that this is what they're comfortable doing. But if you're in a company, small company that says, hey, there's 10 of us, we're all on board, let's use Slack, this is the way we communicate. I think it's great. You know, your company, I think you can do that, right? You can all commit to it. Sure. That'd be your way of uh, of integrating. Um, If not, then I'd say some of these other creative clients that we've talked about before um, that are starting to build some of these things in, you know, the spark and the, the, the spike, some of those that are trying to you trying to give some of the same collaboration, but make it so that you don't have to burn email down to the ground right away. So true. Yeah. I, I'll tell you where I found Slack to be the most beneficial is this, is this, is this very uh, unique niche space of, you want to build a community. You want to build a network of people all around a certain 
topic or a t- certain uh, workplace and you want them to be able to have conversations with one another without bogging down email, um, but open conversations and also outside of text messaging. So you're just not text messaging every single person within that community. There can be siloed communications between one, two or three or more people around a certain topic or a certain community. So, so for example, Brian, so I am a part of a community. It is a community of some very passionate, like-minded people that have really great interest in a certain topic. So it's all about, it's all about computer backups. Oh, okay. Your, your cult of backups. Is that what it is? I'm I'm joking. It's not, there's, if there is, if there is a select, if listen, if there is a Slack community set up for all about backups, (laughs) please invite me. I'm going to leave my Slack address in the notes of the episode. So please feel free to invite me. Um, but it is nice that I, you know, again, I can have all my dialogue with my workplace uh, colleagues and know that I can, I've got files and attachments and I've got messages and I've got different threaded communications going on. But then I say, you know what, I want to flip over to the, to this other group that I'm a part of. And we're a bunch of movie fans and we, uh, I'm a part of a community where all we do is talk about movies that we're going to be reviewing. And then it's a, uh, it's cool. You know, I can just kind of jump in and uh, do that as well. So um, I, I like Slack a lot. I do. It, yeah. It has not replaced email for me because you're again, to replace it, I'd have to be able to invite everybody that could possibly need to reach me to be a part of Slack. And that's not really what Slack is designed for. Slack is designed for a known community of people to have dialogue, but I have seen my email correspondence with my colleagues diminish because of Slack which is good. The way I kind of position it with everybody is I say, look, Slack is when you need a question answered. You want to start a conversation, a discussion within our group. We want to share a file and talk about it some more. We can do that through Slack. Email is where, Hey, we're going to write a client. We're going to reach out to someone and we need to make sure we've got a great paper trail of that dialogue um, with someone outside of our group. And that's kind of how we, how we end up using the two platforms right now. So Hmm. yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, it's just different things. That, and again, there's going to be a lot of other models coming out, a lot of other programs that are going to try to think differently about how we communicate with one another or, and, or replace email. Um, again, I don't see Slack as trying to completely replace email yet because it doesn't really give you an easy way to invite everybody in the world to find you on Slack. That's not what it's designed for. But it, I think, is trying to minimize how much we have to use email for just day-to-day communications. So, yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, I, I do think, I think, think if if nothing else, it's uh, drawing attention to some of the issues that people have with email and trying to fix them and trying to take that discussion out of email and put it into a more, you know, put it into a space that's halfway in between messages or uh, text messages and email and saying, let's have this communication, let's have this collaboration, but keep it work oriented uh, or uh, topic oriented and, uh, and make it so that it's not as uh, uh, it's not going to be as uh, let's say as casual as text messages Mm -hmm. can be. Right. You you don't want, you don't want text messages to be your way of doing business work. Right. And if you Mm -hmm. do, it becomes really hard because text messages aren't there yet. Now it's quite possible that in some future iterations, text messages 
those clients start to have kind of a business and a personal feature within them, which I could see being mm-hmm. pretty creative as well. I mean, imagine you open up yeah. your messages app and it has the business tab and it has the personal tab and you've got mm-hmm. text messages that are coming in business oriented and some that are personal. But until that's yeah. the case, we have to have kind of multiple ways of teasing yeah. out um, some of the uh, the email uh, communications. So I think it's good. Yeah. yeah. No. Well, there are some interesting alternatives. I, I will admit, you know, I, I think it's going to be, there's not a, there's not a one solution to cure e- email overall. I mean, it is, uh, there's a lot of different creative solutions being thrown out there. And I think there's some interesting alternatives, but I don't think anything solves the issue and does it in a one program meets all needs uh, at this point. So my recommendation, everybody who's kind of maybe struggling with email or looking for a better way to do email, you know, listen to the last couple episodes we've done where we've talked about some of the features and extensions and capabilities you can add to your current email program. And then you've got these other alternatives and just uh, really look at your own unique situation and see what's going to be a good fit. For example, if you're someone um, where almost all your dialogue is happening with like family members. And, you know, you, you really want to keep that family member uh, dynamic gelled together, but you get kind of overwhelmed by text messages and you don't want to filter in your email, which you really try to keep maybe personal or, or keep just for work. Then a tool like a Slack could be a good thing for a family to all jump on and have a family Slack together. And uh, that's where you keep all your family communication. So that in itself can help your email because then your email is going to be a lot more filtered on just your work things, things that are very specific to that environment. Um, So I think there's some benefit to kind of deciding where these communications need to go and what tool best serves those types of communications. Because I think in, in summary, Brian, what we're probably seeing with email is that emails just become this it's this ubiquitous, that's where all of your electronic communications have gone. Yeah. Doesn't matter if it's personal, doesn't matter if it's shopping, doesn't matter if it's work, doesn't matter if it's anything. It's all going into this one portal and then we got to try to figure out how to, how to manage it out. I like the idea of saying, all right, I'm going to set up Slack for a family dialogue. So all my family members are on a Slack and we can share photos, we can ask questions, we can have dialogue, whatever. And then my work, you know, that I give people my work email address. I try to keep my email program a little bit more focused on just the work stuff. So I don't kind of uh, let the two commingle any more than I have to. And when I jump into email, I can really be focusing on the emails I need to respond to and not a family member sent me a photo that I then need to kind of go through and read and respond to and filter out. Yeah. So, um, so that's again, a, that's an interesting approach, Alan. I hadn't really thought about the the family use of Slack, but so one of the challenges we often have, because we have uh, a family that tends to text one another with lots of information, uh, but also having subgroups within that, right? Maybe the siblings would text each other, but then the whole group and then the extended group. So what you're saying is that we could have this group of, you know, 15, 20 people that are part of the family that are getting the overall information. But within Slack, you could then have direct messages to mm-hmm. two or three of them and be able to see yeah. the thread of that and be able to sort through that and not have that awkward text that you did not mean to send to your parents um, because you accidentally selected the 
the wrong thread of messages, right? Yeah. That came up too. Uh, well, imagine this too. Again, I know we're probably getting a little deeper in the weeds, but we actually finished this conversation a lot quicker than we normally have our dialogue. So let's take a few more minutes and explore this a bit. So let's say if you had that family Slack channel set up or mm-hmm. Slack, yeah, and compare this to how this may work with like text messaging. Okay. If I set up a family Slack, let's say there's, you know, 15 of us in the, in the, in the channel. And these are people that I would normally, if I had an announcement to send out, I would send out a text message to all 15. Yep. Hey, we just bought a new house, whatever. But then if people respond back with a question, then of course it's going to go back to everybody on that text message chain yep. or the same with the email. If somebody just hit reply to an email, if they hit reply, all it goes out to everybody. If they just reply to me on email, it just goes to me. If all that were moved to Slack, if Slack was where we started doing those kind of things, I could put up a post, say, hey, we just bought a new house and put up a photo of it. And everybody can be like, hey, yay, cool, great, and give all their comments to it. But then if one person wanted to write me back and say, hey, I'm curious about this or I have questions and they could write me in Slack, he, that person and I can have our own one-to-one dialogue inside Slack. But then if I say, oh, you know what? I actually want to bring somebody else into our one-to-one conversation. You can actually add a person to that conversation. And it's, I'm doing all of this without having to manage multiple text message groups. Yeah. You know, I'm not having to keep up with what group is of what people and how do I manage this in text. And it's definitely not tying up my email box with back and forth emails, just kind of filling up my inbox uh, over and over again. So I really like the concept Uh, to me, if it's a defined group of people, I think Slack is a great, great option for those communications. Just understand it has to be a defined group of people. It can't, it's not meant to be open to the world. You can't just have everybody who needs to reach you join your Slack group. That's not what it's for. A Slack group is more of an intentional group that you just, you design and you invite people to be a part of. Hmm. So I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So are we going to set up a family Slack? Is that what I'm hearing from this conversation? I tell you what, I am, I am all for it. If you'll be the one that will educate mom and dad on how to do that. <laughs> all right. Maybe we'll just stick with what we've got now. So <laughs> messages may be the way to go. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Let's see, we'll see. How about, how about Brian, how about you and I set up a Slack <laughs> channel that we all use and then we just only use the text messages when, uh, when we have to. Okay. Right, that may be, okay. be a good first step. So yeah. Good. All right. And if you're listening to this and you're one of our family members, uh, we apologize. We, uh, you know, but the truth is the truth. Our family's not listening right now. Come on. So anyway, so that's, uh, so that's our kind of just, uh, we had a little more free form conversation this episode, just about these new technologies, these new ideas floating out there. And I, I think the most important message I'd share is that it is something to kind of keep, uh, keep, in front of you from a news standpoint, because there's going to be more new approaches to how we communicate uh, coming out every, every, every month, I would imagine. Uh, I would be surprised if we didn't hear new platforms, new services, new ways of trying to do what Slack is doing or what email has traditionally done or replacing the way we handle text messages. I think it's all going to be an evolving process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the question is going to be, when is someone going to integrate all of these things together into one location? Right. So oh, yeah. there's been, there's been some clients that have done this with 
Twitter and Facebook and all of that and have your social media all kind of come into one one client so that you can see kind of in a in a thread. I'm wondering at what point is someone going to have this ubiquitous kind of communication uh, portal that I can see my emails, I can see my messages or my email or my text messages, I can see my Slack communications, I can see my tweets, I can see all of these things kind of together as being my communication thread, right? I need to work through my communications and, and maybe each one of them then kind of connects to that person via the whatever the uh the method uh, that you received it so i, I mm-hmm. i'm excited to see that in the future although you know that's going to take a lot of a lot of collaboration to make that happen so well brian we we kind of i mean tell me if i'm wrong man. do we have any brothers and tech suggestions other than these three services we've just kind of basically recommended exploring and looking at yeah well i I'm someone who's very agile and I can think on my feet and I can create something uh-huh. right now and I'm hoping that it will uh, make you look okay. pretty silly not having one. Well, I am equally agile and I'm sure that by the time you have finished describing the thing that you've just come up with, I will probably have one as well. Okay. So why don't we go into our brothers and tech suggestions then? Right. Brian, can you, can, you, <laughs> can, you, can you tell us what your brothers and tech suggestion for this episode is? Yes, I will. And um, so I am agile, but maybe not as agile as I'd hoped. And that, um, so I'm going to, I'm going to give a suggestion that uh, since this episode was about creative alternatives to email, and we've been talking about email over and over and over, I feel, I feel almost guilty. I feel bad because we've been bashing paper mail for a long time now, Alan, for several episodes, we've been basically saying that's the old way. And imagine if how horrible this is having all these uh, mail items coming in. So I feel like I want to give paper mail some love and, and know my, my suggestion is not to send letters uh, to people. Um, But you know, the postal service, the postal service is in a bad place right now. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, they, they get no love from anyone. And um, yes, we still use paper, but mainly it's become a place for junk and bills and it's not that exciting. Um, so I will have to give some props to the Postal Service for stepping up their tech game just a little bit. Um, and I don't know if you've used uh, the informed delivery service, Alan, to use that at all. I, I have used one like it, but I know what you're talking about. But yeah, um, right. Yeah, so... This is a way of integrating uh, email with paper mail. And uh, what it is, is you can go on uh, the USPS uh, site, so United States Postal Service, and look for something called informed delivery. And, uh, and I will have to say, even though this is the Brothers in Tech uh, podcast, our sister in tech is the one who told me about this. Um, and, uh, and I've been pretty happy with it uh, ever since I signed up. So what you do is you sign up for informed delivery and the postal service will send you an email every day that says, here's an image of all the letters and mail that are going to be coming to your mailbox today. So mm-hmm. you can see that there's a letter from so-and-so or there's a uh, most of it's junk and that I don't need to worry about going out to my mailbox today uh, to even worry about getting that. I have a uh, 
kind of a central mailbox location where the the mail is uh, uh, locked, and we tend to not go there for you know a couple of days at a time. But if I see yeah. in my informed delivery email that there's an important um, letter coming in, maybe it's a bill, maybe it's a, a check, then I'll know mm-hmm. to be able to 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 get out there and and get it, or to make time to be able to go pick that up. So, mm-hmm. so I think it's kind of nice in that. Postal Service is trying to stay stay up and current, uh, integrating yeah. with email and kind of digitizing uh, a little bit of what they're doing. So they're still this kind of service. Yeah, it's it's this nice. service was huge for me to hear about. Unfortunately, you know, I I, I haven't done it for my house yet. I'm tempted to, but um, it doesn't work with the post office boxes here in my town. So for my work, that's the whole reason I, I, I walk. We're really like literally across the street from the post office here. So I actually walk to a PO box that our, our postal service manages for us. And uh, unfortunately, they don't have that service turned on here for those business PO boxes. Otherwise, that would be a lifesaver for me because yeah. then I would not walk over there until I knew that there was an email that I really needed to get. So um yeah, I love the idea. I love that that was pretty creative, and I'm I'm glad that they're offering it because it does kind of uh, sort of put a little more uh, contemporary spin on the idea of your your postal service. Yeah, and it's got things like, um, you know, here's the <clears throat> here's the the letters that are coming in today, and there's a and there's a screenshot image of them, so you can actually see, yeah. oh, that's a junk, or that's going to uh, to be something important. But then here are the packages that are supposed to be coming to you today. And from that screen, you see, oh my gosh, I'm I'm out camping, and I see yeah. that that package is supposed to be delivered today. You can click and tell it to reschedule your delivery, move it to next week. Um, so they're they're trying to kind of stay up uh, uh, with the the digital uh, communication uh, of kind of the 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 old way of communicating. Um, so it's nice to it's nice to see uh, a little bit of. Uh, digitizing there to stay alive. So, so that's my brothers in tech suggestion. Do I need to waste any more time? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I got one. I've got one. I, uh, actually, as soon as I was just kind of scrolling through my notes, I realized that, yeah, yeah, this is, this is an easy one for me to recommend. (laughs) And it is dealing with Slack. Um, I'm going to go back to Slack just because I know we talked about that throughout the episode. And I, I think it was pretty clear that I like Slack a lot and I'm happy that uh, to be using it on a daily basis. Um, but here's some of the things that makes, there's a suggestion I've got. If you are a Slack user uh, and you work within a team, <laughs> uh, Brian, I, I know you work in a university setting. You've got colleagues. I guarantee you there has been a time where somebody was trying to put together a lunch for everybody to go to lunch together and you invite a whole bunch of people to lunch, right? Yep. Traditionally, that would be, I mean, God forbid if it was an email chain, then it's just everybody responding by email, whether they're going to take part or not. And then there's text messaging. People could just be sending out a group text message to everybody. Hey, I want to go here for lunch and who wants to join me and all that. Either way, it's a lot of just unnecessary communication because if you are not able to go to that lunch, you've got to physically remove yourself from that text chain or email chain to not be included on everybody for about an hour talking about where they're going to go lunch and and when and who's meeting, who's carpooling and all that other stuff, right? So if you're a Slack user, there's a lot of add-ons, a little apps that you can add on the Slack 
that make it really nice and productive for you. And there's one that I love that's called Lunch Train. So Lunch Train, two words. Train. It is an app you can add on to Slack. And uh, when it's added to your Slack channel, uh, all you have to do when you are ready to kick off a lunch outing, you do you type in the word the word the uh, backslash function, which is what Slack uses to trigger a lot of these actions. You do backslash lunch train, and what it does is it allows you to create a quote lunch train where you say, "Yeah, this is where we're going to go. We're going to go to this restaurant at eleven thirty, and I've invited the, the ten of you in my work group. And do you guys want to join?" Here's what's magical about it. If they want to join you for lunch, they just click a button that says, yes, I want to board the train. Then they are now in the communication loop to get updates. But if you don't click board the train, if I'm somebody who says, no, I'm actually going home for lunch or I can't go out for lunch today, then I just don't click the button and I don't get any communications. I don't get any text messages going forward. So to me, it's so simple, but it's so nice and knowing that Imagine if this was done for meetings or anything else too, where you could just say, look, I'm going to schedule a get together. If you want to be a part of it, click the button. And if you don't, just don't. And once you click it, you basically are opting in to say, now I want to be in the loop of communications and I will get all the messages about who's carpooling with who and who I need to be going with. So that's how a, a tool like Slack can really help streamline communications because it's, it's, it's smarter than text messaging. Yeah. Uh, you can actually let people opt in or out to these conversations uh, instead of being forced to get every response, even if they're not going to be a part of it. So uh, I love it. Lunch train is just a simple little add on tool for Slack. Uh, I've used it a few times. It's really easy. It, it's and plus it's just kind of fun too. So yeah, no, that's, that's cool. my record. That's cool. Well, that's that's cool. Granted, you have to be a Slack user to take advantage of it, but Again, if you are interested in moving to Slack for a group or team, it's a great way to do it. Imagine going back to our family example, Brian. If you've got a family Slack and everybody's wanting to plan a dinner, but uh, that's great. If you can join them for dinner, you click, yes, I'm on board. And then you start getting all the messages about that. If you can't do it. You don't have to worry about being bombarded and spammed by all this other stuff. So uh, that's good. very slick. Yeah. And I think cool. that would that would probably make a lot of sense if you actually were invited to lunches, right, Alan? So, I mean, uh, you really haven't had a chance to try this out yet, have you? <laughs> so there was, a, there was a demo when I installed it, and the demo worked great. Um, I got invited to a fake imaginary lunch, and it was great. Um, I'm assuming you, with real people and real lunch dates that it would work the same way. And then you're sending out Slack messages saying, hey, guys, is is this is lunch feature not working? I haven't received anything lately. I don't know well, what's going on. So part of the problem is, is that all my coworkers don't work here in the office. So it is a little bit of a challenge to be like, hey, I'm going to go walk down the street for lunch. If I want to join me and my sister in Washington State says, mm, sorry, I can't do it. <laughs> I'm going to don't think I want to make that one. Bueller. Bueller. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's uh, that's our recommendations. Brothers and tech suggestions are uh, bits for the episode. And then, of course, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. This has been us talking about the I, I hate saying the future of email because these options didn't necessarily mean that we were going to be replacing email, but either really looking for a new way to do email or act as a very powerful supplement or maybe future replacement for email. And there'll be more to come, I'm sure. This is probably a topic, Brian, that you and I will 
come back and revisit some point in the future as new or communication tools start to be announced. And we look at some different creative options for that. So, but if anybody's got any suggestions or recommendations of something we ought to be talking about, or maybe in response to just this particular episode, Brian, how would they go about reaching us? Yeah, they should send us an email at info at the mesh. Email. That's a, that's a topic we've been talking about for a while. Communication. Yeah. You should send us an electronic communication to info at themesh.tv, uh, I-N-F-O at themesh.tv. So tell us um, ways in which you despise email or things in which you wish email had that we could maybe start a discussion because I'm sure all of these tech companies are listening to Brothers in Tech and we'll, you know, if we bring it up, I'm sure they'll start to integrate it into their new uh, their new software. Um or tell us what uh, what topics you'd like us to discuss uh, in the future. You know, we've got, uh, we're going to be jumping into a new topic in a couple of weeks, and we want to kind of make sure that it's uh, something that's timely and that's of, of interest to, to all of our thousands of listeners uh, that are out there. Yes. So, uh, oh, so please let us know. Let us know. All right. Well, again, this has been Brothers in Tech for this week. Um, I think we're going to try to do one more deep dive episode comp on this broader idea of email. Brian, if you're up for it, yeah. maybe next time we get together yeah. and record, uh, talking about, okay, let's say you are a still an email person. Uh, even though we talked about some alternatives, we talked about some different suggestions. You may be someone who still says, nope, email is still my, my lifeblood. It's still my main communication vehicle, but I just need better management. I need to handle email a lot better. I need to get better at uh, getting down to that magical inbox zero. We're going to talk a little bit, just more in a theory about this idea of getting email efficiently managed. It's going to be incorporating a lot of the little things and features that we've already talked about in previous episodes, but maybe talking more about the philosophy of trying to get that magical inbox zero from a technology standpoint. So we're going to kind of noodle around with that a little bit in the next episode and see if we can help you out with some ideas on managing your email if your goal is to become as efficient and productive as you possibly can. So, okay. all right, well, Brian, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Thanks to everybody for listening to Brothers in Tech. Uh, we do encourage you to please subscribe or give us a rating. Let us know how we're doing. And uh, we hope to hear with you from any feedback. And then we'll look forward to talking to you at next episode. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.